Well, friends, before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to express the passion that we have for helping leaders get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact. It's saddening whenever we hear news of leaders that are crashing. There's something privately going on in their life that discredits their public ministry or leadership, and that breaks our hearts. We feel so called to this space to help leaders clarify their next steps through coaching, replenish their own life and leadership and heart and soul and mind and strength through experiences. And we want to help more people in 2021 than we were able to last year. We scholarship leaders, but honestly, we want to scholarship more leaders so more leaders who are at risk can get coaching to clarify and experiences to replenish. And so we are asking folks to come alongside of us to help in that effort. And we just want to say thank you to some of those couples, some of those families that have come alongside of us. I want to say thanks to Dan and Lauren, Ed and Mary Lou, Casey and Amy, Dave and Debbie, Brad and Kelly, Josh and Jacqueline. We just want to thank you guys so much for giving to the cause, for helping us to be able to help more leaders. And guys, you can help leaders also for as little as $10 a month. You can come alongside of us. Now we have a page at an amazing new platform called Storehouse. So it's similar to Patreon for kingdom creators and creatives. And so if you are interested in supporting us, you can go in the show, in the show notes and find the link below. You can also head on over to storehouse.world. That's storehouse.world. And we're the first project the first creator that will come up. We would love to have you guys as at as little as $10 a month. Help us to help more leaders to clarify through coaching and replenish through experiences. We are so grateful for you guys coming alongside. We want to say thanks and we want to invite the rest of you to give to support more leaders this year. Chaz Smith, my dude, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, Alan? Man, it's good to see you. Excited to dig in today. Life, leadership, funniness, all things. I'm excited to talk about some stuff we've actually never even discussed. So I'm I'm pumped about this, man. But first of all, don't rub it in, okay? That you have hair and I don't. All right. If you're listening no, to this, he's he's acting it's, like he's it's your hair it's looks like, great. I look like it looks like uh MC Hammer had a cut like this at one point where it was just pointed off to one side. Like a mountain peak. Did, did I mention Chaz? I look like your Hollywood. logo. My hair, my hair looks like your logo right now. <laughs> the two mountains, the second mountain. Thank you for for sharing that. He's coming in from Hollywood. It's all right. He's a little high maintenance today. Oh but my we'll, gosh. We'll, get to, we'll get to the good uh, stuff. See, we've already Hollywood. derailed. Already uh. derailed, folks. Um, we're just gonna start straight with the jugular, man. What's it like to be funny for a living? Am I funny though? That's that's how about we start with that question? Is Chaz funny? Um, sometimes, but uh, I don't know. I, I I really appreciate being able to make people smile and laugh, um, share joy with them. Um, that's a blessing, dude. Because to be able to be on my own schedule as well, which is also one of the hard hardest parts. Yeah, <laughs> it's not as simple as just being like, all right, I clock into work at this time and I clock out. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of variables, but it's great. Well, I know that for me, I so appreciate being able to laugh with my kids. And just mm -hmm. to say, all right, let's turn on one of Chaz's videos and we're cracking up. Family-friendly, 
laughs can be hard to come by, you know, these days. So yeah. I appreciate it because we're Thank cracking you. up together. Life gets heavy, especially during COVID. It was funny. It was like, all right, let's turn on a little Chaz for my kids and and we're loving it. So that's something that I absolutely love too, man. It's just something that happens physiologically when we laugh, you know? And so mm-hmm. thanks for being able to bring that into my serotonin. Room. There you go. The good stuff, man. Um, so here's the question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I like this question. Um, when I was a kid back in second grade, second or third grade, my friend Alex Omari, we both wanted to be scientists because we thought we could invent a potion that would turn us into Spider-Man. That was, that was the first thing I wanted to be. But then when I grew up a little bit more and realized that uh, shooting webs out your wrists isn't the most realistic thing, uh, I decided that I wanted to be an entertainer. Um, didn't know exactly what, but um, in elementary school, middle school, and a little bit in high school, in college as well, I was involved in theater. Um, but I was like most, but in elementary and middle school is when um, I really realized that I like to act. All the silly comedy stuff, that's one thing, but I really like drama even more, which I haven't mm-hmm. really um, gotten into yet. But um, I was, I got the lead role in seventh grade, uh, uh, our seventh grade Shakespeare play uh, as yes. Macbeth. And that was like really, that was really dope. That, that was, was it. Really that was your breakout moment. That was uh, the big one. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I've always liked, uh, you know, just being able to entertain as many people as possible, but give them something greater as well. The first um, experience that I had with that um, on a one-to-one level was in seventh grade, there was this girl I met, um, or I knew, she was like an acquaintance, not really a friend, but we like talked to each other, had some classes together. And I saw her sitting in the hallway one time, like they're in our, in our uh, hallways, they were made out of carpet. They had like, it was really nice, really nice school. Um, they had these uh, nooks between the lockers where you could sit down and do homework and just talk and stuff. And I saw her sitting down there with her head between her hands. Um, and she just looked really upset. And so I felt a pull. I definitely want to say it was from God to go sit down and talk with her. Um, and I asked her, like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, obviously you're not. You're sulking, clearly. So, like, um, I just t- I just said, hey, if you you can, like, obviously you're not. You can tell me if you feel comfortable. But if not, I could just get up and walk away. And so she, like, sighed. And um, she sh- started sharing with me. I almost said sharded staring with me. Oh, she started <laughs> sharing with me. That's an awkward All moment in the <laughs> Oh, she started sharing with me all this stuff that um, she was struggling with, um, like heavily dealing with depression, um, different issues with her parents. I think they were either divorced or getting ready to. And um, she had never like she hadn't even shared a lot of this stuff with her closest friends. I was just like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> but what do you um, do with that? Yeah, and I'm like 13. I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything, but. I just did my best to uh, help cheer her up, made her laugh, but also gave her some um, advice and helped change her perspective and share my faith with her as well. Um, and she left feeling so lifted, uplifted. Mm. And um, and after she walked away, I just had like a pause moment. I was like, yo, I want to do this for a living. I don't know what it was. So at first I was like, I want to be a therapist. And I told my dad, I think I want to be a therapist. He's like, oh, the therapists don't make money. I was like, whoa, that's, that's not <laughs> nice. It's not a 
first of all, it's not even about the money, but um, <laughs> but shortly after, I was like, you know what? I think I want to be a talk show host because like that's similar to therapy in a way where you can talk about things that are typically swept under the rug or people feel too ashamed to talk about or they feel alone in them, but also be able to reach like a bunch of people all at the same time. So um, five years later, I got on social media. That's why I started my YouTube channel. And then it's just kind of been being goofy and silly ever since, but I'm going to, uh, yeah, and the, but there have been times when I've got, gone deep with my audience and I see that people really appreciate and need that as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. All right. What do people think a YouTuber does all day? And then what actually goes into your profession as a YouTuber? Uh, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so let me see. People probably think that YouTubers are... Or most YouTubers, at least. I'm, I'm, I think I'm different, honestly. Um, you are. You're so special. You I are think different. <laughs> My mom has said I'm special. <laughs> um, they think YouTubers are constantly recording videos and doing brand deals and shooting and editing. And they are. I'm doing that about half the time. Other half the time, I'm like trying to figure out what I'm doing in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just like literally right now, honestly, I'm like rebranding my YouTube channel. Because to give some context, um, I kind of, you could say, stumbled into this. I got on Vine and had a video blow up and then another one like a year later. And then once I started YouTube, I had a couple of videos blow up and those gave me some spikes in subscribers. But they were there for the like the popular content. I really only have a few, I have far less very loyal fans, who people who are really with me. Everybody else is like, it's there for the entertainment, not for me. So um, I never really, it's only been recently that I've been figuring out and narrowing down, okay, what am I doing as a content creator? Because it was just like, I happened to, make some funny stuff and I've kind of been consistent. Most people will make like a really strong video and then just fall off. They, they get their 15 seconds of fame or whatever. Um, and I've been fortunate enough. I know it's been the Lord's favor on me, but um, cause I, I each, each video that's like done really well like that. I was never like, Oh, this is going to blow up. It was always just like, Oh, this, this is kind of funny. And I posted, I'm like, okay, why does this have a million views now? I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. And so I've had a lot of that. It was, it was never really like most people where they're like, okay, I want to do this, do it consistently and make these. Okay, now I'm going to branch over here and keep doing the old thing. And they like build a following up that way. It's kind of just like, kind of just happened for me. And so now I'm trying to do the, I'm, I'm kind of working backwards. That's mm -hmm. what I'm figuring out. Good, good. I love that. Uh, we've got a couple of questions that have come in from our Right Side Up community. Uh, and so right. I'm going to ask some of those, ask some of mine, but we got a, a question coming in here from Michael and he says, how do you develop an idea? How do you develop an idea for a video and carry it to completion? How do I develop an idea? Yeah. What's your process? Oh, a process. <laughs> My process is in process, I guess. <laughs> um, for me though, I, I'd say uh, this, this one of my friends who's, who's a um, full-time YouTuber, I'm, I'd say I'm a full-time YouTuber, but I only work part-time. <laughs> I'm getting up to the full-time. I like your math. Oh. Full-time work on part-time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying, like, I'm seriously just in a phase of trying to figure it all out. 
Um, it's been a while though, but um, my process, I'll just say the best ideas for videos come to mind when I'm just at rest and kind of in the flow of stuff. I don't sit down and try to figure out an idea to do. Once I get an idea, I'll have to sit down with it and flesh it out and revise it and figure out um, how that works. So I could talk more about that. But usually, um, like, for example, there's this um, ad that I got to do for Old Spice. And the idea came totally outside of me thinking about it. I was just in my kitchen. I had nothing to do, just free time. And I was chilling and, like, was having a conversation with myself and started making a beat on the table and ended up making this video that got, like, mil an ad that got millions of views, which was crazy, just because I was at rest and I wasn't anxious, stressed out. I was just like really at peace. So once that happens, I get the idea. Um, I sit down with it. I like try to block out distract distractions and um, I kind of revise and edit as I go. It's kind of like a cycle that just moves forward. And then once I get to the end of it, I'll go and revise it again, pick out stuff. I'm really, I tend to be really critical of myself. That's probably why I revise so much as I go along, but um once I have the idea fleshed out, I'll show it to a couple of people, get feedback, um, and then just figure out what I need to record it and execute it. I shoot it and then I edit. And as I'm editing, I do the same like revolutionary cycle type process from editing as I go or revising as I edit. And uh, then I have a finished video and decide from there whether I hate it or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> What percentage of videos have you ditched before? Oh, man. Uh, shoot if i don't like the idea i won't even make it most of the time okay so but there are videos that i have finished where i've been like ah this is not funny and sometimes i'll post them anyway um either because i just would like to post something or because i could be wrong and like somebody will like it or it's just because i'm like you know what i need to stop caring so much about what mm -hmm. other people think yeah it's um, good. but i can't really give a percentage i don't know but uh, there's there's been enough. There's some secret like, videos in the archive that are gonna go yeah, into the yeah. Chaz Smith collection someday. Unreleased or, content or videos that I upload and then take down after I realize like, oh, this is so <laughs> cringy. Nah, this ain't it. <laughs> so, no, no go. What inspires your creativity or sparks your creativity? Sparks it, um. Dude, I like I said before, I literally will have conversations with myself randomly, like not on purpose. I don't sit down and be like, okay, time to talk to Chance. It's, it's like, you know, when you're just doing dishes or something, your mind starts just wandering off. And at some point, those turn into back and forths with myself. And then I, I won't even be really be fully aware of it. But then at one point, I, at a certain point, I might realize, like, yo, that's hilarious. If I'm laughing out loud at it, <laughs> at I myself. think it's funny. If I think it's funny, then I'll I'll post it. Because if I think it's funny, then other people think it's funny too. If I don't okay. think it's funny, then why would I even want it up? You know. There you go. As you say um, that, I'm picturing yeah. you in this woman's wig that you will wear from time to time <laughs> on your videos, literally having a conversation with yourself. So I know where it starts. You were doing the dishes, oh my gosh. having funny yeah. conversation. You cracked or me I'll, up, man. Yeah, or I'll just be bored, like on Instagram, post a story. There's this filter that my friend used one time um, where it had like, there's this long nose that it makes it look like your nose is extra long. And uh, it like, it'll, so yeah, that, here's an example. I, I, I was just recording a video. I saw him do it. I thought it was hilarious. And I started recording a video with it, just goofing around. And then ideas will come from that as I'm recording. And then I posted it. And then one of my friends commented, yo, that's a Nina's. And I was <laughs> like, what? And so then I thought of a concept that would like 
don't know, reveal the surprise of a like when you're wearing a mask and then you take it off. It's like, oh snap, that dude got a anus. And that's how the video <laughs> came about. And my nine-year-old made a parody of that as well. And we sent it back. So yeah. there you go. Uh, what about creativity drains? What what drains your creativity? Man, when I overthink, overthinking, 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 overthinking. Um that drains it. Uh when I'm focused on results and numbers and followers and like engagement and all that stuff that drains it. I was just having a conversation with um, my partner manager at YouTube yesterday. And I straight up, I just straight up brought up that point to him. Cause I know that even though it's wrong, it's so easy to get focused on engagement numbers, followers and base your success on that. And um, I'd, I'd still do it at times anyway, not intentionally, but because I care about it. And I'm like, so I just brought up to him, like, I was, like, man, what do you have? What words of advice do you have for me? And he's really just like, you know, honestly, he was the one, he's, he's like, honestly, you really just, just stop worrying about it. Like, it's okay to have, because like my concern will be, oh, I have all these subscribers and followers because of the stuff that I've done in the past, but the numbers when I post don't reflect that. It makes me feel self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, like I bought followers or something. And I just overthink, you know, but he was the one who said, to me first he's like yeah dude that's because you posted some videos and got a lot of subscri- subscribers and those are literally just people who saw your content at one point and decided to click a button then you have your audience people who subscribed and look forward to your content but well definitely but they're not like thinking about it all the time but then you have loyal followers and fans who are like yo i really support you and what you do but i'd say even more than that at the core I had to get back to my why recently and remember like, hold on, am I doing this for people or am I doing this for the Lord? Like, this is a gift that he's given me, a platform to steward, like the gifts in me that he's given me to steward as well. And um, I'm here to point people to him and uh, reach people on an individual level. Jesus preached sermons to thousands at a time, but that he stopped to listen to the woman with the issue of blood and, heal the blind man that and touch the leper that nobody wanted to go near, you know? Um, it's about people, not followers. Mm, so that's good. Whenever I lose sight of that, I get drained. Mm, that's good. Was there a season that you can remember being exhausted, creatively flat, or maybe even heading toward burnout? A lot of them. Many of them. <laughs> Which one? Yes. Pick, Which one? Pick a season and, and take us there. Describe that. What, what was happening? <laughs> Why were you getting exhausted on what you were doing? Yeah. Um, geez, let me think. Uh, when I came out, when I first came out to LA, I was like so eager and excited to create and was just doing stuff and letting it fly. When there was a moment, the moment that I started to fall off is when it was when I, um, see, uh, lost or not lost, but, um, was no longer plugged into a strong spiritual community. Um, there was, uh, there was, I'm trying to, I want to talk about this in a way that still honors all the people that were involved, but, um, there was a community that I was a part of, um, of believers that I truly loved the Lord, but there was a lack of order and it was kind of like, um, yeah, it it was, there was a lot of just false beliefs being tossed around and, um, a lot of confusion people are getting hurt. And um, there are a lot of things that were being done that were un- unbiblical as well. 
that caused pain, particularly with like spiritual gifts and um, different things like that. And it like really threw me off. I realized I had to leave. I wasn't plugged into a community, like a church community, but there were still people involved that I was like around that. I started, I, I became unaware of who I, unsure of who I can trust. Um, and then I started to doubt my own walk with God and my knowledge of him and whether like, it's a long story, but um, I stopped reading and studying scripture as much because I was concerned that I was being like a Pharisee because on the one end there are people like, Oh, seek the Lord this way. And I'm like, Oh, but what about this stuff? Oh, you're being religious. I'm like, okay, hold on. Am I? And because like our Christ is to be our foundation. Um, when that gets shaken up, it's like everything else is shaken up because everything else is above the foundation. So mm -hmm. that totally jacked me up create, creatively. And I'm, there's still some ways that I'm recovering from that, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, when we're not grounded and rooted in the Lord, then we're going to question everything we're doing. We're going to compromise. We're going to uh, lack motivation. We're going to lack joy. Um, when our mind's not set on him, it's, there's nothing but negative effects. Yeah. We talk about it as roots and fruits at stay forth health before mm -hmm. impact. And it just makes sense that man, if the fruits are starting to dry up, what's not happening at the roots. And I've heard that so many times to just say, man, it was like the creative valve just shut off. Like I couldn't, mm -hmm. you know, my, my writing was flat or my videos just weren't there. There wasn't the spark. And it's like, chase it back to the roots and see what isn't happening there. And that's one reason I'm so passionate about health before impact, because God's given us the design by which we need to, like you're talking about, pursue joy. Well, joy is going to come out of you while you're doing the dishes, you know, and some of your best stuff or rest. I know that's been a big one for you is taking that time for rest and space. And suddenly you mm -hmm. get that idea in the shower and that idea while you're not thinking about it, or you're working out or you're walking. And so the poop ideas are great too. There the you toilet. go. That's what I heard right there. That's going to be the sound bite right there. The poop ideas are great. They're the, the doo -doo best. Ideas. <laughs> the doo -doo the doo -doo doo doo ideas. ideas are the best ideas. <laughs> That'll preach somehow. Not sure how, <laughs> but it will, it will preach. Uh, we got a question from right side up community uh, from Michael. And he says, what do you know about leadership that you didn't know two years ago? Hmm. What do I know about leadership that I did not know two years ago? Now there's like, I guess, knowledge based on just learning, but then there's practical knowledge based on experience. Um, I'd say that kindness goes such a long way in leadership. Um, most people don't want to serve an unkind person, but of course we know that leadership, the greatest leadership is servanthood. But um, when you're in authority over people, and um, they're, you know, supposed to follow your example and your lead, then if you're not a kind person, that's going to make it so much more difficult. Of course, like those people should be obedient and respect their authority regardless, but why not make it easier for everybody and honor God by just being kind to the people he's given you to lead? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd say that goes such a long way. And um, even though it seems subtle and like it doesn't do much, it really hits home with people and it's a very personal and relational thing um, to do. It's like, uh, and it's a matter of character as well. If you're filled up, you're going to be kind, but um, 
Yeah, I'd say kindness. Mm, that's good. So we got a question from the right side of community from Jonathan. He says, would you rather sweat jelly for the rest of your life or have dustpans for hands forever? And These are the types of questions I was looking for. Okay, you said sweat jelly or? Have dustpans for hands forever. Dustpans for hands forever or sweat That's going to hurt your basketball game. Probably either way, I'd say. I'll go with the jelly, man, because you could always take a shower or just not sweat. <laughs> Move to a low humidity you know, place. There you go. Hey, by the way, like unlimited supply of, if you only got peanut butter, go out for a go. jog. Got a sandwich. There you go. Beautiful. Peanut butter jelly. I like the way you, I like the way you think. Um, yeah, I need, I need my hands for videos and stuff. So that's not, there you that's go. Work. Uh, yeah. That, jelly on the other hand will make for a good video. That could be important. How do you um, do with special effects? <laughs> I didn't. So talk about the joys and then the struggles or the frustrations, you have a lot of people watching videos. Um, what are the joys of influencing so many people on a large scale? And then what are the challenges or the things that drive you crazy about influencing so many people? I'd say I haven't quite gotten to the point where I just don't care about what people think. Um, so that's difficult getting like certain comments. It's so ridiculous, man, how we can get all these this positive feedback and people saying how thankful they are for what we're doing. And then just one comment can throw us off. Like that's, that's stupid. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really stupid. So, um, that is one thing that's, I can be honest about and say that that's difficult. Um, let's dig into that for a second. That. Yeah. So criticism. All right. So I think we're all wondering what's that like? So yeah. you get criticism. You've never met this person before and you see comments on there. How do you yeah. process that? How do you move past that? How do you not let okay. that cripple you? Yes. Yeah, something happened yesterday that I posted and um, somebody accused me of stealing content. And I'm like, all right, is it worth it to respond to this person? And if I do, how should I do it? Like what types of things should I say? And also should I respond in the comments? Because this is something that other people will see if I do respond. Or if I don't respond, people are going to see it. And probably be like, wait, what's going on? Do I uh, DM them personally? If I do, how much do I say? How worth it? Like, would Jesus have given attention to this comment or would he have just like brushed it off or would he have approached them? And like, it's trying to discern that because it's never the right answer. It's never the same answer, um, especially when somebody's like attacking your character and, in and integrity. Like, is it worth it to respond for the sake of everybody else who may see what they said? Or is it something to just brush off like just another person, you know? Um, so with this particular situation, which is something that's happened multiple times, not just from this person, but from other people saying the same thing, um, I decided to like write out, uh, give them like the full answer, tell them the full story of what happened personally to their DMs. Um, and then I was like, Hey, if you don't support me, feel free to unfollow me. And they saw it, but never responded. So I don't know what's going on. I was kind of hoping they would respond back. Cause like the answer that I gave, like didn't really give them. Like, it was just a kind, honest answer. Like, hey, I know you said this. Thank you for caring. But uh, this is what the truth is. And you could take it back to the person who you're accusing me of stealing from. So, because he knows everything that happened to. Um, so, I think a way that I deal with it is like, it's, I, I, I often just need to take a step back, breathe, and um, remove myself from the situation and think of it from like, yeah, just a, a removed perspective. And that always helps me logically and rationally think about it with wisdom. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, I guess the best way to say it is I, I detach my I detach myself from it emotionally, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll, I'll give her think of a response um, without the anxiety, <laughs> you know, trying to press down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, a joy. Oh, another difficulty. Let me say real quick is knowing that the things that I say really have weight. Like I know I'm not a Bible teacher. I wouldn't say that. I'm I'm a, I'm here to entertain people and bring laughter and joy, but share the gospel as well. So knowing that, like not just with sharing the gospel, but even but even with the type of content that I create, I'm responsible for the people who see it. I'm responsible for my own words. And um, that carries some weight as well. So it's so much more important to be really rooted so that what flows from my heart and what I even find funny is are things that um, God approves of as well. Mm. Um, but then the joys are like seeing that people's lives are really positively impacted. And even people, I heard stories of people being just led to Christ from watching my water's not wet video. I'm like, hold on, I didn't even say nothing. So he went to my profile, saw other stuff. And yeah, it's for me personally, I've seen like, in a lot of what I do, God uses me in ways that I'm not even aware of. And I think that goes for everybody. Mm, yeah. But it's it seems like some of the most significant moments have happened when I wasn't trying mm. to really... Um, lead people to Christ, which is from like the person, the stories that impact me the most. It's just been like seeing God move up, like without my hands being directly on something. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, I was in a first grade class uh, last year and I was uh, teaching one of my kids classes. And um, when I asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? A lot of them said YouTubers. YouTubers. So First graders are want to be YouTubers when they grow up. So um, let's say somebody comes up to you. I'm sure this happens. Hey, I want to be a YouTuber just like you and impact millions online someday. What do you tell them? I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Um, this literally happened yesterday. Uh, yeah, I I told him, oh my gosh, one of the most important things, create stuff that you like to create. Please create the stuff that you like to create. Please create the stuff that you like to create. Don't create the stuff that you think is cool because somebody else does it. I've tried that. Don't create the stuff that you think is going to like blow up and do well because you know how it's going to perform. I've tried that. Create it because you're, you like to do it because you get joy out of bringing other people joy or you're pleased from what you're, that you're able to pour into other people in whatever way and create it because it's really what's on your heart, whether it's going to get the results you're looking for or not. Cause it's not about the numbers and results. It's about individual people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think uh, something I don't really like, or at least haven't liked in the past with my perspective is changing about it. It's like uh, at the end of a church service when people raise their hands to um, accept Christ for one, raising your hand isn't really, a sign of following Jesus. It's a resp- it's a response and can often be an emotional response, but there are people who have accepted Christ by looking at a sunset and realizing like, hold up, God is real. Like I've heard stories of that before, you know? So 
with the whole hand raising thing, a lot of times churches count like the hands, the amount of like the number of people. And this is even this is even done like you see it in scripture, like over three thousand people were saved when uh or or five thousand. I can't remember the exact number. I think it was three, but um, at the day of the Pentecost, right? And they counted every person, but it wasn't just that what was important there weren't wasn't the amount of numbers. It was the individual people that made up that number who are now with God in heaven. And if we create for numbers, then it's going to be materialistic and shallow. And we're going to get burned out because we're going to realize we don't even like this anymore. We just want the attention. If you're creating for numbers, you really just want attention and affirmation for what you're doing. Mm, that's good, man. Not do, you, do you have a favorite video that you've ever made? <sighs> hmm. You have to pick I don't, one. I, I, I never, uh, huh? What always comes to mind is this video I did with my. It was like an impromptu video that I did with my uh, my friend Sam and my younger cousin and her two friends who were over her house house for a sleepover one time. So I was staying at my um, aunt and uncle's house in North Carolina, where my friend lives. We all like were just over there, and um. My cousin's friends seen me from Vine. They wanted to be in a video. And I was like, okay. And we thought of something on the spot and made it. And I really enjoyed it. It was like, it was called when you uh, crash your sister's sleepover or your, yeah, you crash your little sibling's sleepover or something like that. And um, we like popped up from behind the couch with uh, uh, pillows and like cocked them as if they were guns and started beating them up. It wasn't like violent or anything. It was really funny. But that's always the video that comes to mind for me. That's cool. Uh, is there an NBA player you absolutely LeBron love James to mispronounce? Oh, dang! I thought you were just gonna say, okay. Quick that's fire a there. That's no. a different question. The favorite Genesis and Titty Titty Akuna Matata poo. <laughs> yes, one more time, please. Genesis and Titty Titty Akuna Matata poo. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, that's you, Giannis and Tentacumpo. That's who that was. You got to watch the video, though, for context. Got to watch the video. We we can't say anymore. But seriously, I've seen those videos a lot, and I keep watching them because it – and the fact that you crack yourself up while you're saying that is actually mm. even funnier than what you're saying is I'm like, he is genuinely entertaining himself, and he happens to be on camera yeah. right now. Jazz, I love it, man. Yeah. I, I love watching you laugh. I know that it brings Thank you joy you. to bring other people joy. I got one more very serious question. I know you have met the legend, Terry Crews. Mm -hmm. himself you're in a fight with terry cruz he points at you he calls you out how are you going to beat up terry the peck dancing legend cruz um muscles are strong but bullets are stronger i don't think oh. that's an appropriate answer i'll say something oh. else <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't uh, cut that okay. out please don't hold that against Chaz. he does not <laughs> like that kind of violence <laughs> i own no guns I, I own no guns. That's, I'll just leave it at that. Um, let me see. If I had to fight Terry, because you said The Rock before. You, originally, but I yeah. wanted to change it up just a little bit. I was thinking The Rock. Okay. Normally we ask about The Rock, but because you've met Terry, I know you sized him up. I know you thought yeah. about this. How I would see. I defeat this? We're about the same man. height. We're about the same height, and I think I got a longer reach, so I'll probably like karate chop him in the throat first or something, mm. and then do that thing that – uh. If y'all seen Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes, we like discombobulate. I hit him in his ears, <laughs> throw him off, probably punch him in the kneecap, hyperextend him. Uh, this is assuming that he's not really like prepared for it. I don't know. I try to use my length or something and stay away from his fists because if he grabs me, it's over. It's, it's over. a wrap. 
It's over. Game over. I believe in you, Chaz. Chaz, man, it's fun watching God do what God wants to do through you, your unique gifts and all that. Um, Just kind of leave us with an encouraging word for folks. It's been a hard season and a lot of folks are Mm -hmm. challenged. A lot of folks are struggling. Uh, Probably haven't laughed as much in the last season as is normal. It's been a heavy, weighty season. What would you say to just encourage folks in this challenging time? Oh, man. What has been really blessing me is um, I'll say three things. Um, I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. Um, for, and I'll start with this. Um, yeah, that's a way to like weave it through. Okay, so John 15 is one of my favorite passages um, in scripture where Jesus is talking to the disciples on the last night that he's with him. Um, putting stuff in perspective of like, like that is really crazy because remember John 13 um, is when they're actually at supper. And I think they're still at dinner at this time, um, Passover dinner where um, like Judas leaves and then he starts telling them about uh, like abiding in him saying, Jesus is the true vine. Um, God, our father is the vine dresser and we are the branches. Um, And without him, we can do nothing of eternal kingdom value. Um, But as we remain in him and stay steadfast in him and just trust him, not try to, sometimes we try to push out our own fruit by our own strength by running and hustling, like we got to do more. I get caught up in that. I was just caught up in it last week, honestly, just trying to do more and be more. But he says, be with me first and then you'll be able to do more. Um, A tree doesn't force fruit out of itself. It just remains in the ground. And by remaining there, being nourished through the harsh winters and winds and sun beating down on it, rains and everything, as it remains, as tough as that is, um, it eventually bears fruit. But then leaves fall off. But then they grow back, they bud flowers, they bear fruit, and the leaves fall off. And then it's, it's a cycle. So remaining in God and trusting him through all those seasons is great. And what's crazy is like at the end of that passage, go read it for yourself. But at the end of that passage, Jesus says, Jesus says to um, everybody, look, I'm telling you all these things so that my joy, that, so that you'd be filled with, my, filled with my joy, that my joy be in you, and that your joy would be complete. And um, so he's telling us these things so that we could have joy, not happiness, but a contentment, a peace, and a gratitude, a thankfulness um, that comes from him that surpasses all understanding. And that's so much easier said than done. But like, we're not really supposed to do it. We just be it by being with him. And we know um, the the last verse I'm going to mention is Psalm 16 um, says that in his presence, he leads us in the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy in his right hand our pleasures forevermore. Um, so yeah, to, to just continue with the joy thing, like he wants us to have, in his presence is joy. That's like right with God. When we're with God, we get to experience his joy. Um, when we pay attention to the fact that he already is with us, his spirit lives in us, we get to be filled with his joy. Um, and then also kind of on a tangent, God has a sense of humor too, bro. Like <laughs> he's funny. humor is not sinful and if we're made in the image of God then humor comes from him Hmm. so like of course there's like raunchy humor that's perverted but that's a godly attribute there's passages that I find so hilarious like one of my favorite I think I'm talking for a long time but this is just try to like read scripture from this perspective at times like the the John 4 um when he's um the passage with the woman at the well um the disciples leave and go into town to get some food, but Jesus stayed back. He was tired and hungry, rested against the well. And then the woman um, from Samaria comes out 
to greet him and talk to him and start having a conversation. And um, on the way back, the disciples see him from a distance. They're like, wait, hold on. The reason why is because culturally that was a no-no, um, like between the Jews and Sumerians, um, but also gender-wise, like the fact that he's a man, she's a woman. And then like, I think there's another reason. Um, I can't remember, but it was just not accepted. And then also the fact that like they expected Jesus to be like this great leader and teacher, like, what are you doing with this woman over here anyway? Like, what's going on? And so they all just, it says in the passage that they all just stopped and stared at him and like, he, you know what they're thinking, but they're just like, uh, Jesus, Awkward. did you eat some food? Like, did, did you eat some food? You know? And then he tells them, I have food that you don't know about. They're like, uh, all right. Or it was just like such an awkward situation. The way yep. whenever I read that, it's it's hilarious to me. So yeah, yeah. I hope those things comfort you. Guys. That's good, man. That's good. It's a good word. You're preaching now, Chaz. Love it, guys. Chaz Smith, YouTuber, all around good dude, and one who is terrible at pronouncing things. If you don't know what oh. I mean, just terrible, just terrible. Go it's to the his- Farida Desigenous. <laughs> and that? that is all yes yes exactly that's it that's right. it we'll, we'll teach it more later but Chad, seriously man thanks for stopping by appreciate you man keep our families laughing my friend all right take care thank you so long.